self-denial. And yet, people will not choose to deny themselves. We know that God is seeking us to worship Him in spirit and in truth. And yet, we can't deny ourselves for just a few minutes. What a sad thing. But what a glorious thing, because you are here, and you saw fit to be here. You know, uh, seeing a few people come over here from the other side, man, Y'all struggling. <laughs> you know, I told Brother Gerard, I don't know if I keep pulling the short straw or what on three o'clock service, but you know, three o'clock is rough. You know, you have to look at the clock at three o'clock. You know, you have to keep your eye on the clock, don't look at anybody. But it's all good, you know. Uh, you know, and actually the last the last time I got a chance to uh, to preach to you all, uh, I ended up having over 40 slideshows in, in my presentation and I ended up talking over an hour and Georgia said, can you do that at three o'clock? So with that, I, you know, I, 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 tried, I, I knew what I was going to be facing today, so uh, I, I tried to get something a little shorter, but there's no promises that we won't go over an hour. I'll try to keep it longer, shorter than that, but, but speaking of promises, you know, we live in a day where uh, we have contracts and, and, and people are making promises and they just disregard them. And, and I know you all have heard the saying that promises are, are made to be broken. And that seems to be the ongoing notion in all days. It, it used to be that a, a person's promise or their word was bond. Because you can bank on them. You can bank on a person's word. But, uh, you know, today, you know, it reminds me of the athletes, you know, that, that uh, signing these elaborate contracts, multi-million dollars for just a few years, and then all of a sudden they want to negotiate their contract. You know, they promise that they'll do this thing for a certain amount of time for and they agree to it. And then somebody else comes along and so somehow they just decide, well, you know what, I want to negotiate that. I want to go back on my promise and do something a little different. Mm. You know, it kind of reminds me of, of the parable over in uh, Matthew 20. You know, when, when the, uh, the, the the man that was in, had a vineyard decided to get some laborers to work in his vineyard, he went out early in the morning and he got some laborers. And they agreed to, to work for a penny a day. No problem. Uh, that's, that's a fair wage. And, and then, you know, the guy said, well, you know, there's so much work to do, so let me go back out. And he went out a few times, you know, and got some more laborers to come out and, and work. And, he went later on in the evening and got some more workers and they came out in the lake in the vineyard. And at the end of the day, you know, he paid them their wages, their pennies. But then they found out, well, hold on now, these people have been out here for a few minutes and not that long. How are they getting what we're getting? You know, they got all this wobbling, this upset because they feel that, you know, they should have gotten paid more. But yet they promised, you know, they agreed, made a, a, an agreement with this man. He held true to his promise. And he said, here's your pick. But you know, we, we, we often do that. We often kind of skirt around our promises. We find kind of ways to get around uh, what we've promised. You know, and I, I you know, heard of, of the story. You know, let me go make sure that I understand this, that we understand what we're going over here. In Hebrew chapter 6 and verse uh, 16 through 18 was, was read into the hearing. Uh, you know, if you back up a little bit in that, you know, uh, beginning at verse 13 through 15, God 
God made a promise to Abraham that he would bless, bless Abraham. He would also bless his offspring. But in that passage, you know, God made a promise unto himself because there was no one higher to make a promise to. You know, when we make a promise, you know, usually when we make a promise to something higher to, to kind of make, to seal the deal. But then when you get down to uh, verse 16, the Bible says in, in Hebrew chapter 6, verse 16, it says, people swear by someone greater than themselves. And the oath confirm what is said and puts and ends all argument. Because God wanted to make an unchanging nature of his purpose very clear to the heirs of what was promised. He confirmed it with an oath. The verse 18 says, God uh, did so, did this so that uh, by two unchanging things, which is impossible for God to lie, we who have fled to take hold of the hope set before us may be greatly encouraged. So God said, I'm going to make this oath. One, that I, mean, I, I can't lie. And two, is I'm going to make a promise to encourage you. And, and that's what I want to talk to you today about is God's promises. So God promises us so many things. Uh, but when we make a promise, we, we usually make it to someone higher. You know, I know y'all heard the, the say, I, I swear on my mom's grave. And I swear to God. And even in our court system, you know, we uh, swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. But uh, as we think about uh, God and his nature, his qualities, and the characteristics, and, and the blessings, and the promises that he has made unto us, you know, there's one account or a couple of accounts that uh, state that there's over 8,000 promises that God has made us in the Bible. And uh, in some recollections, there's over uh, uh, 1,500 of those remaining in the New Testament. You know, we, we always, uh, you know, those promises that he'll never leave us or forsake us, uh, the promise that he'll provide us with all our needs. You know, I look at other promises like he made unto David, that he would rule over Israel, that his name would be great, that he would even uh, bless his offspring to the heir. And then uh, the, pro the promise that he made to, to Jacob, you know, that he would be the ruler of the land of the <laughs> And then Jeremiah, we'll have to put those little boys in there. Jacob and Jeremiah. Uh, Jeremiah, how he told uh, him that he would uh, restore Judea in, in Israel. Uh, and, and then uh, speaking too of another promise that, that talking with uh, Brother Foster last uh, Saturday that our brother directed, he pulled out his phone and showed us a couple of uh, pictures. And he had a picture of this rainbow. You know, I guess it just had storms. It was a rainbow in the sky. And, and what was so unique about this, it was two rainbows. It was one rainbow over another. But yet that is still uh, a sign of one of those promises that God promised us that he wouldn't destroy this earth again with, with water, but he'll, he's going to destroy the fire next time. But when God makes a promise, we can definitely make on it. You know, but when we often uh, make promises, we find ways to kind of skirt around. And, and, and you know, I, I heard of a story uh, of this man. Uh, you know, he, he worked for a long time. He was diligent with his job. And he loved his, his job. He loved his work. And he was just a hardworking man. But, he was a frugal man as well. For every check that he got, he took $20, out of every check for all those years. And uh, each check he would put $20 into a suitcase. He put that underneath his bed. You know, so he did that for years. And it didn't miss a beat. 
And unfortunately, he got terminally sick, terminally ill. And, and he asked his wife, he said, you know, can you just promise me this one thing? Promise me this one thing. He said, sure, sure. You know, I'm going to die and, you know, I, I, what, what do you want? Uh, he said, well, you know, when I die, you know, can you put this suitcase of money? Can you put my money in the casket with me? Of course, she, <laughs> of course she said, you know, have some, some reserve on that, of course, right? And, you know, but, but lo and behold, she said, yeah, I, I agree to put this money in the grave, yeah, in your casket with you. And lo and behold, the man died and you know, came to the day of his funeral and, you know, the wife, she got the, the suitcase full of money and, you know, she proceeded before going to the, the funeral, she stopped off at the bank. You know, she deposited that money into the bank. But when she got to the, the, the funeral, got to the casket, you know, she wrote the check out and put that in the casket with <laughs> so, <laughs> so whenever he wants to cash it, he'll be there. Uh, but, but, you know, we all often make these promises and find ways to kind of get around them. Even, you know, when we look at our marriages, you know, made a commitment to, from, from uh, goodness and, and, and good for better or for worse, for sickness or, uh, and health and all that. And lo and behold, we have a, a divorce rate that's been higher, you know, every year it increases. Uh, but we don't always hold up to our promises. We always find ways out of it. But thank God that his ways are not always. And we can make for sure all of his promises. You know, I believe one of the, the greatest of all the promises that God has made to us is the promise of forgiveness. Mm. You know, that uh, a lot of promises uh, of forgiveness are directly linked to the plan of salvation. Uh, if we look over in Acts chapter 2, verse 38, and it tells us that we must, if we repent, it be baptized every one of us in the name of uh, our Lord Jesus. But that's, that's one of those promises that he'll forgive us. He said, if you're willing to repent, if you're willing to give up that sin that you're doing, I, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to forgive you of your sin. Now, who can bank on that? Now, like over in Isaiah chapter 1, verse 18, God says, though your sins be as scarlet, I make them white as snow. Though they are like crimson, I will make them like wool. Now, who can bank on God forgiving us of our sins if we decide to repent? Now, I know, I know it's true. If it wasn't true, God wouldn't have given his only begotten son. Right. You know, over in John chapter 3, verse 16, for God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. And whosoever believed in him should not perish and have everlasting life. Now, this is Jesus, his only begotten son. You know, he's not human. Of course, he made us in his likeness. But Jesus is something special. Right. Now, even higher than the angel. He decided to give his only begotten son so that we may have right to eternal life, that we can be forgiven of our sins. And, and we can be uh, like Paul. I like Paul over in Philippians chapter 3, uh, verse 13. He says, Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself, yet I have taken hold of it. He said, I, I, hadn't, I hadn't made it to heaven yet. He said, But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead. I press on for us to go uh, to win a prize which God has called me uh, heavenly in Jesus Christ. Now with the promise of forgiveness, through true repentance, that we can leave the past behind us. And that's one thing that God has promised us. He said, I, I'll, I'll 
scroll that, that sin and the sin of forgiveness. And I'll remember it no more. But we have to do our part. And we can bank on God's promise being true. And if it wasn't so, he wouldn't have given his own to God and son. Right. And also, you know, one of those promises that he has promised us is it, it, what it's all about, what we're striving for. He promised us heaven. Right. And that is a promise that we can definitely bank on. And John, you know, I like to go over a lot of scriptures, so you may not be able to write them all down now, but run the tape back and you'll be able to find them all. Uh, and I left it out of the slideshow this time, so we don't have to go through them all. But Revelation chapter 21, uh, beginning at verse 3, it says, And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and we will dwell with him. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death, no more mourning, no more crying, no more pain, for the old order of things has passed away. Yeah. Is that a, a, a great thought? Yeah. That's a promise. God says when, he, when we make it to heaven, there will be no more mourning, no more crying, no more dying in that place. And then when he describes it in verse 18, he says the wall has uh, the wall was made of jasper in the city of pure gold, as pure as glass. The foundations of the city walls were decorated with every kind of precious stone. The first foundation was jasper, the second sapphire, the third a gate, the fourth emerald, the fifth onyx, the sixth ruby, the seventh chrysolite, the eighth beryl. The ninth, uh, topaz, the tenth, turquoise, the eleventh, uh, Jason, the twelfth, uh, amethyst, the twelve pearls, uh, the twelve gates were twelve pearls. Each gate made of a single pearl. The great street of the city was of gold, as pure as transparent glass. You know, this place went like the Notre Dame Cathedral. The people were out there crying when it was going up in flames. <laughs> and with, you know, saying, I'm going to donate all these billions of dollars and rebuild it. This place, they're saying, neither moth or a rust will, will, will turn as corners this place or corrupt this place. So this place called heaven that we're looking forward to as God's promise to us that obey his gospel. John 14, verse 2. In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. That where I am, there you may be also. Psalms 19. The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day, they pour forth speech. Night after night, they reveal knowledge. They have no speech, they use no words, no sound is heard from them, yet their voice goes out into all the earth. Their words to the ends of the world. In the heavens, God has pitched a tent for the sun. It is like a bridegroom coming out of a chamber, like a champion rejoicing to run his course. It rises at the one end of heavens, and makes its circuit to the other. Nothing is the pride of the world. You know, this place of heaven that God has created, you know, it, some people say that they don't believe it. 
how they don't believe in God. You know, when you look at the, just the human body, how our brain just thinks, how our heart just beats. I mean, you, you're asleep, and your heart is the year, hour after hour, day after day, year after year, your body just functions. How can you not believe there's a God? Then you look at our universe. You look at how the day and night, 24 hours, you can bank almost 24 hours, the, the earth is rotating 24 hours. And then you look at how it was tilted along the way. Every year after year after year, you can bank on what the season. You can tell when summer's coming. You can tell when winter's coming, spring, fall. Because the earth is turning, spinning, and rotating. Man can't do that. And then you look at the center of our universe, the sun. How what in the world is burning? It had not burned up. Man can't do that. Man. <laughs> you know, when you can't explain things like that, you can't say, but it, it's got to be God. It's got to be God. Man. Revelations, chapter 2, verse 10 says that Christians are going to go through some things. But if we remain faithful unto death, we will receive the crown of life. We will have the opportunity to go to heaven. This place where there will be no more crying, no more dying, no more death. That's a promise. And that's a promise that I know God is going to hold true to. And I know that we go through some things in, on earth, but God has promised us another thing. He has promised us victory. 1 Corinthians 15 and 57. It says, but thanks be to God, he gives us the victory for our Lord Jesus Christ. And Paul says over in 2 Timothy 4, verse 6, for I am now ready to be offered. And the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth, there is laid up a, a, for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at the day. And not me only, but unto all them also that love his appearance. Now, you know, we, every aspect of our life, we have a battle with Satan. I mean, even in our dreams, when we sleep, we battle with Satan. When you're dreaming something that you shouldn't be dreaming, you're thinking of something that you shouldn't be that's Satan already in your dream. When you ride down the road and somebody cuts you off and you want to cuss them out, that's Satan. Riding down the road with you. You know, when your spouse ain't acting right. But you ain't acting right. <laughs> Satan gets in us too. Amen. When you're at school or on the job, Satan's there too. But thanks be to God that he has promised us the victory. In 1 Corinthians 10 and 16, it tells us that God promised to give us a way out of all our temptations. We won't put more on us than we can bear. In Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, it says, Seeing then that we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us run with endurance that is set before us, looking to Jesus, uh, the authority, author, and finisher of our faith. So what I tell you today, don't, don't give up. You know, when you're going through some things, God promised us the victory. When you lean not to your own understanding, God says, I care for you. That's a promise as a Christian we can bank on. Amen. Now, this is the day that we 
call Easter, so I'm called Easter, you know. It's supposed to celebrate the day that we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ. You know, but we know better. You know, there's so many out there today that only celebrate today just to uh, get a new outfit to be seen. They, they wanted to get a basket full of can candy and, and toys. You know, this may be the only day they come out of the year. You know, so we know the truth as a Christian that we must celebrate Christ's death, burial, and resurrection every Christian week. Mm -hmm. But some chose today uh, to say, oh, Lord, hallelujah, and all that. But we know as Christians that's not the case. And that brings me to another uh, promise of God. God has promised us that, uh, that there is going to be death and there's going to be a judgment. In Psalms 47, 2, it says, Lord, the Lord most high is terrible. He is a great king over all the earth. The Lord most high is terrible. That's something we don't, you don't think God is terrible. No. Mm. He is awesome. But when we look at the destruction, when we look at it back in Pharaoh's day with the plagues, that was terrible. God has built a hell. That is terrible. So to come into the wrath of our Lord, that's going to be a terrible thing. So don't get it twisted that God has promised us with all these great things. He's promised us something else too. Now, Revelation chapter 20, in verse 13, it says, The sea gave up the dead that were in it, and the death and death, and Hades gave up the dead that were in it, and them. And each person was judged according to what they had done. Hmm. How did dead go give up the dead? God is awesome. You just think about the people that have been dead for thousands of years. And you probably don't even know where their grave is. You know, the headstone itself, if they had one, they probably, thousands of years ago, there had been a piece of wood there. You know, they, they had put something as a headstone. That's been long gone. And you just think if you happen to have found that person, they probably would have dust. You know, depending on where they died, and they could be in, in some ice, and they, the body, the body may have been preserved, but it didn't matter. Some may have been burned up, burned to ashes. Some to be gravity. Some may have even been ground up. And yet, the dead is going to give up the dead. And it says that the sea is going to give up the dead. Some people are in the ocean. That's a scary thought. You know, I think one of the, the worst deaths possible is suffocation or drowning. Because you know you're going to panic before you die. But even that, in that death, in the sea, that's going to give up the dead. And even Haiti, you know that rich man that said he was in torment in that place. Wow, even they're going to face judgment. So to find your hands, uh, find yourself on the wrong side of God. It's going to be a terrible thing because he has promised that there will be a judgment. There is going to be hell. And in the 14th verse of Revelation 20, it says, Then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. So just take all that to be tormented even worse. 2 Thessalonians 1, 7 and 8. Jesus uh, is returning 
with his mighty angels and flaming fire, taking vengeance on them that know not God and obey not uh, the gospel. Amen. We can bank on heaven being real. We can bank on hell being real. We can bank on God's promises. That's for sure. But we can also bank on God's forgiveness of our sin. We can bank on God's love for us. Now, although he has given us uh, the, the, the pathway to heaven, we also have that pathway to hell. And they know that if, if we die in our sins, Christ said, where he is, we, we can't go. So thank God that he gave us a way out uh, of going to heaven. Now, there may be some today that uh, have given their life over to Christ, you know, to heal, believe, repent, confess, and be baptized, we have all those things. But then we also have Revelations 2 and 10, which are ready to be here. But a part of that, we have to remain faithful unto that. Mm -hmm. Now, if you find yourself that, you know, you've not taken hold of God's promises, that he said, go up with him, because he, it, it, his yoke is easy. And his burden is light. You know, if you haven't yoked up with him, or you have, then yet you still decide, I don't want to worry. I want to take on this thing by myself. Mm -hmm. Like Brother Cross said, if you can't deny it, that's self-denial. If you think you, you, you're doing things on your own, if you uh, find yourself in issues with your children, if you find yourself in issues at work, and you try to bring these things on and handle them yourself, God said, hey, I, I, I'll take care of it. But you decide you're still holding on to those things yourself. Or you may have, uh, somebody may have wronged you in the past. You may be holding on to this one and somebody cuts you off and you still can't get over it. <laughs> we can't reside, we can't, we can't uh, continue in our sin. And you know what sin is. You can't, you can't reside, you can't stay there. Right. And God has said, hey, you have to repent of those sins. You know, so if you uh, want to partake in God's promises, you know, we know that God's blessings rain on the, the just and the unjust. Mm -hmm. There's promises that he, he has promised us that, hey, they, 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 they don't get right. You know, promises that uh, we'll, we'll have peace that will surpass all other sin. Mm -hmm. You know, when you lay down at night, you're not worried about your bills like others are. Mm -hmm. You know, you're not worried about your kids like others are. But you're concerned, of course. But you know that God has saw you through things in the past and he'll see you through things in the future. So you rest a little easier. You know, but if you find yourself not in that boat, he gives you an opportunity to get back in the boat. Now, we ask that, you know, we're going to close out. I told God, keep it short today. I think I did all right. I, I didn't even look and see what time I started, but I think I did all right. <laughs> uh, but with that said, you know, I know we're few in numbers here this evening. But don't take it lightly. If I said when two or three are gathered in this day, he'll be here too. You know, no matter if we had two or three in here, I guarantee you two or three of us will be going through something. Amen. You know what? It's called life. But I ask you today, don't, don't take this opportunity lightly. If you haven't given your life over to Christ, of course, you, you have to do that now. You're not promised tomorrow. The, the water is ready, you're ready. You know, make sure you take it key to that promise right now. But also, if you're going through some things and 
you know that you can't have one on your own. We have the opportunity to pray for one another. That's part of why we're here. Yeah, part of it, yeah, the main thing is that we're here to worship God in spirit and in truth, but we also have to be here to admonish one another, to build each other up. God, God is so much smarter than us. If it was up to us, we'd be like the rest of them that ain't here right now. <laughs> Doing our own thing and think it's all in all right. But God said, hey, gather together, admonish one another. The prayers of the righteous have dealt much. So if you need prayer today, make it known today. Don't come that today go by. You know, not only that, when you ask for prayers, that's, that's awesome. But I ask that you don't stop there. I ask that you look up not only with Christ, but look up with a brother or sister. You never know what somebody else is already going through. You don't know what somebody is going through. You don't know how you can be a blessing to somebody else. Yet you sit at home and you're like, well, that's the deepest job to call the sick. That's the deepest job to teach up with those that, that are missing. That's the elder's job. That's the preacher's job. That's a Christian's job. Amen. Amen. So, God has blessed us with so rich of promises. Mm. And then you promise as well. When you went down into the, into the water, when you got tired, you said, God, I give my life over to you. If you didn't do so before you got in there, you didn't repent. So if you proclaim that you are a Christian, that you proclaim that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, and you repented of your sins, you got into the bread, uh, into the uh, baptismal pool, and were baptized, and you, know, you made a promise, you made a commitment to God that you would be His child, that you would be obedient to His will. And a part of that, He tells us to see about the widows, the widows, and the sick, and the shut-in, the you know, the lame, all the poor. There's so much that we have to do. If we can't even get it right right here in the house, <laughs> I know we ain't doing it right out of the world. So I just plead to you today. You know, we I, I call us I call us kinfolk. And it is for a reason. Mm. You know, because we have to be that close. We have to be like that early, the early church where they have all things in common. Mm. And that's not you know necessarily meaning that hey, when you get a paycheck, I need a paycheck. <laughs> 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 I'll lay them when you give it to me, I'll take it. But things that they have in common are things that we should also have in common, that we care for one another, and that we're concerned about one another's soul. So as we stand today, if you have a uh, prayer request, you know, please make that known at this point. Uh, if you'd like to give your life over to Christ at this point, there's no better time than now. So as we stand, please make your petitions known. Oh, good.